Tēnā koutou. You're listening to a Tātai Ahorau for Education Podcast. Tēnā koe. This podcast was recorded at ULEARN 23 in our cute 1960s caravan called Lily. You may hear a bit of noise in the background. Enjoy the live atmosphere and our amazing guests. Ka mihi. Pakatalofa, pakalofa lahiatu, bola talofa lava, kotokingo matalena fataapi toiloma. And I am one of the facilitators at Tatai Ahoro, and I have the pleasure to be welcoming and having a talano, a bit of a kōrero with Bui. So I'll let you introduce yourself and your amazing work that you do. But thank you very much for joining us today and joining us on our podcast. O te whātā alo whātū, ba ia mālu, au whia, mālo sau whō manuia, langi mamā, o lō ingoa, o Vui Suli Tutaupe. My name is Vui Suli. I... Um, from Ōtotahi, born and raised. My mom comes from Lauva'a, which is um, halfway from the airport to Apia. It's renowned for its runway lights. So I think it's like the second runway lights of the first ones blow out at Faleolo. And Dad comes from Lefanga, which is a lovely resorty type village on the other side of the island however they met in Ōtotahi. Beautiful. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for being here. Oh, we're cousins, by the way. Oh, too. Yeah. <laughs> just FYI. Yes. Represent. So just thinking about your session that we were part of, it was a wonderful, informative and important session. Okay. Yep. Called Thinking Outside the Coconut Shell. So could you talk to us about what Pacifica partnerships look like in our school communities? We talk about our Pacific values where we not only look at one piece of the puzzle and mm. uh, health we say that we look at the physical aspects but it's actually a holistic model. So we look at ensuring that our values, our family is embedded and I did talk about the Fono Fale model mm. by Fumiwono Dr. Kaupolotu Enderman where family is the foundation with culture and then that's embedded with your spiritual, physical, emotional, mental pulse, as well as the other considerations like socioeconomic status, mm. age, connections to the land, and also context and time. And so we look at the lens as a holistic lens mm. rather than just being one-eyed. So we ensure that all parts of the, the holistic model is incorporated and having that village feel. Yeah. So doing it collectively. Oh, nice. And so with that, thinking about that, has that helped you in your leadership role at Moanava? And if so, could you, one, tell us about Moanava and then two, tell us about your role and the impact that it's had on the community? Great question. So Moanava was a collective that came together in 2019, October. And like I mentioned in my presentation, they were family members as mm. opposed to actual members of our Pacific Rainbow Plus communities in Ototahi. And the stories that came with family members, be it parents, cousins, siblings, is that they wanted a place that they were able to seek advice or support of how to support the individuals. But it also highlighted that our 
members felt unsafe to come out in Canterbury and they had to go outside of Canterbury to come out. So Tamaki Makoto was a place to come out in or further afield. Or they were afraid to come out themselves and, and unfortunately live a life that they weren't able to live their full potential. So Moana Va was created to have a, pla a platform for support, advocacy, to ensure that the voices and the visibility is heard within individuals but also families as well. And so having the leadership roles in through church, through nursing, my profession, and also in service with families, it enabled me to be able to, to move on with this particular collective and to put a strong voice forward. Thank you. And just thinking about people who weren't able to come out and highlighting that, that Ōtutahi wasn't a place to do it, so he had to come to Tāmaki. How was it now being able to connect with youth? Are we able to connect with youth? Is it more open? Can you have that like open discussion and dialogue around that rainbow awareness? It's hard for Pacific because we have to navigate us as our ethnicity. So there's the intersectionality of our culture mm. alongside our orientation, sexual orientation or gender identity. And so it's a constant battle for our young ones as well as those that are in their journey. And so the biggest, I guess, thing that we can do or what we can do for our youth is to empower them as well as the families to know that there is a service that's able to advocate for them mm. and be able to connect them to the right supports within the health system or uh, if we're not sure we'll be able to help navigate their Pacific pride so it's a two-way process where it's about supporting individual but also supporting their their families as well and that could be their individual family or their their trusted family. So thinking about the families and the individuals could this in a way be taught in schools or how can you work alongside senior leadership team or kayako to raise their awareness around Pacifica Rainbow Youth? We have started workshops for our Pacific health professionals awesome. and so we are very blessed with the expertise around our collective to be able to showcase the importance of culture, spirituality mm. uh, and our identity and how they all merge as one. I think it's important to ensure that we're taught, uh, we, we teach of that first, yeah. the importance of our values as Pacific, that they are a part of our DNA, <laughs> of our genetic makeup and so understanding that we actually work as a collective and that for Pacific, for colonisation and the introduction of, of Christianity, that we were fluid in terms of our sexuality back home. So it's important to educate the history and the legends. Like Mata Whanua from yes, Samoa, right. how she was just an amazing superpower. Mm. Um, and the reason why we have the Matai chief system hey, in the villages. Yeah. That's very interesting to hear that 
or a few points and this question was raised in the session and I think it's particularly important when we're going into the history and going into the explanation of the why so some families are like oh we don't know why they're gay we don't know why they're this way but there was a question of is it important for Pacifica families generally to get a diagnosis say of neurodevelopmental difficulties we being kaiako or schools generally see that there are less Pacifica with those diagnoses and wonder if it's less important to the families or if it's about access yeah and that, that was brought up in the mm, session in the session and great question because it's it's you're right access is a part of the past when I use the example of my six-year-old nephew who mm. has had a diagnosis of autism however being a health profession nor being able to support his parents to help them understand what the red flags were they're aligning those red flags towards getting a diagnosis for my nephew and being able to support them because there was an element of not I guess what's the word not knowing or not wanting their child to to be that per that to have that diagnosis because they wanted them to be normal mm. but they are normal in their own way just in a neurodiverse way mm. so it's having those supports forward uh, for the families to continue to knock on those doors because again it's the systemic bias mm. of some of our general practitioners of our workforce that if you compare say a Samoan or Tongan family, Fijian family going in and a New Zealand European family, you know, will they be able to see them as equals or will the unconscious bias means that one gets preferential treatment over the other because of mm. the colour of their skin? Yeah. And I think that's something that we have to continue to remind the system that we are as Pacific die nearly 10 years younger than our non-Pacific counterparts. We start off actually as unequal and so there needs to be more investment in those first 1,000 days for our tamariki to flourish. I think we've heard a lot of important points just in this kōrero mm. and I think your leadership comes through in lots of different ways. You wear many hats and we know that. Just a few. Just a few. Thousand? No. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them is being a matai. So could you just explain to us a little bit about why you chose to go down your path and your impact it's had, not only your community, but your family and you know, you, you as identifying as Pacific Rainbow and, and that and how it's impacted Malo. you. So I would, I never had any intention to become a matai. I have been asked many times by my mum's family as well as my dad's family. So I grew up with my mum, but in recent years I've engaged with my dad's side and some of the engagements was like, oh, you can be a matai for our family. And I was like, ah, okay, I need to understand who, where you fit in the puzzle. Two things that was really important to me is that mum was one of the first female matais out of Samoa. So she was a matai in 1990. Oh, and so I loved going to community or church events and seeing a row of men in the front. And then my mum was the only one of a, of or some, yeah, most of the time just the only female in the front row and she would be 
with her cigarette blowing away. <laughs> and it was awesome because she is an Tula Falea Lee. Oh, so carries yeah. both an orator role as well as a high chief role. And so I decided, and it's, it's, it's fascinating how things work and alignments, yeah, and yeah alignments of the stars, how, however way you put it. Uh, but we were always meant to go to Samoa for a family trip in November last year. Mm. Then I had a um, situation where I presented my sermon at church. They talked about inclusivity and I got a bit of a backlash from some church members. I knew then from the advice of those that I looked to as role models that in order to carry on the flag in terms of promoting our MVP FAF plus communities that I needed to be brave and to be able to lead. So I went to Samoa with the goal of being able to continue in the leadership role to help promote visibility within our Pacific Rainbow Plus communities, but also go there to take on board this role because of my years of service in the communities through mm. Sunday school and church, through service in the communities in my nursing and fitness roles mm. as well. Uh-huh. Hence the Matai name. Nice. Mm. And I took on my mum's Matai name. Yeah, I see that. Which is awesome. Oh, it's good. in respect of her navigating Aotearoa yeah. since being here in the 1960s. And I think it's valid with your leadership roles and your, your courage. So we know you're brave and you've, you've showcased that a lot. But I think you have a lot of courage as well. You know, so it's pretty inspiring for the young bloods coming through. Thank you. I feel like sometimes too, it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. And I have put myself in that place of vulnerability because I feel that, and that would have been in the videos for if that we collaborated with Tatai Ahuro, that the whole coming out process is yeah. continuous. Mm. So we have individuals in our collective that have said that it's so hard to be able to continue to be themselves because they've got to go to new situations or, uh, and then have to go through the whole process of saying mm. actually I'm not what you think this is this is my gender identity this mm. is how this is my sexual orientation yeah. and so it's a continuing process so I think that's why our logo navigating our Pacific pride is is evident Cool. Is there any last words before we finish off? Because thank you for sharing and thank you for sharing your journey as well. Any last words you'd like to say? I started the session with health as wealth. That you need to, in order to to serve your families, communities, church, whatever you're passionate with, that that in order to do that well, you need to be well as. And I found that in my short years in the nursing profession that we prioritize so much other things and we forget about ourselves that it becomes too late so we end up in hospitals we die too young but we actually need to look after ourselves to be able to be our best version so Mm. health is wealth let's be the fence at the top of the cliff rather than being the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff let's focus on illness prevention rather than illness cure let's continue to look at things holistically because that's how we do it back home and i'm very fortunate in the health sector we have some amazing pacific health models 
some that are ethnic specific to our different ethnicities but also appreciate too that Aotearoa today, our, the Pacific of today is young, mm. urbanised and is Kiwi born but also mixed ethnicities and like I mentioned in the presentation the challenges there is that we uh, lose our sense of identity mm. and that we need to ensure that our identities are celebrated and that's why in the essence of the of our Tuvalu Language Week, the theme is to really preserve and embrace our language so that it's safeguarded for our heritage identities. Mm. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy the rest of this session. But team, health is wealth. That is Remember us. that. Health is wealth. Tēnā koutou. You've been listening to a Tātai Ahorau Core Education Podcast.